Hi, I'm Kyle Goes, and welcome to the Inwards and Onwards podcast. For the longest time, I've been fascinated to understand more about showing up authentically, vulnerably, and presently in life. As such, I started to understand that my external world was a reflection of my inner one. And when I've had moments of hitting rock bottom or needing to pivot in my life, I've had to go inwards to move onwards. So come join me as I explore other people's journeys, from entrepreneurs to coaches, spiritual teachers, friends, and beyond, as we learn their innermost thoughts and peel back the layers to share the moments where they've had to go inwards to move onwards. Let's jump in. Brace yourself for a beautiful and inspiring story of one man's journey from grief to growth. In today's episode, we have the honor of sitting down with John Hutchinson, a remarkable individual whose personal journey through loss and despair led him on a profound journey of self-discovery and healing. From a young age, John felt a deep connection to the earth and the interconnectedness of all beings. However, as life unfolded, much like the rest of us, he found himself consumed by the demands of a disconnected culture, leaving him feeling lost and devoid of purpose. But life has a way of stopping us in our tracks. And for John, it came in the form of a devastating loss. A partner who departed too soon. Plunged into the depths of grief, depression, and loneliness, a glimmer of hope emerged. A profound inner calling to embark on a journey back to himself. Shedding the layers of conditioning, healing past traumas, and transcending inherited beliefs. Today, John stands before us as an open book eager to share his extraordinary passage through grief and the transformative lessons he has learned along the way. Through his story, we discover the power of community and the immense strength that lies within vulnerability and shared healing. Join us as we explore John's remarkable journey from the depths of grief to the boundless opportunities and possibilities of growth. Through his resilience and unwavering spirit, he reminds us that even in our darkest moments, the potential for transformation and personal evolution awaits us all. Get ready to be inspired, challenged, and uplifted. All right. Welcome, welcome, John. Thank you so much, mate, for jumping on the podcast again, because yes. we had technical difficulties the first time around. <laughs> Thanks for having me, man. <laughs> uh, mate, uh, just to, yes, the recap, uh, obviously, John, I am very pleased that you are actually able to jump on the podcast. Um yeah, I had a, a buddy of mine who actually sat into one of your breath, sound, and storytelling journeys or sessions. Um, he absolutely loved this. And then he was like, look, John has this incredible story. I think you should get him onto the podcast and let him share his beautiful wisdom stories and and the healing journeys he's been on to get to where he's in now. And I was like, this whole journey is inwards and onwards. What better person to uh, have on than yourself? So thank you, mate, for jumping on. Nah, no worries, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah, pleasure. So... I thought you could maybe take us back a little on uh, before you are this person, you know, this version of yourself that is doing this amazing healing uh, work for others. What was your healing journey that you kind of started off with and go as far back as you want to, but uh, yeah, take us, take us on this journey with you, mate. Alrighty. Yeah. Uh, well, I will, I'll go back to the beginning. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I grew up on the South coast in New South Wales um, in Wollongong, which is, yeah, a medium-sized sort of town, but, um, yeah, really nice spot there, not far from the ocean at all, so it was beautiful. Um, and, yeah, I had, yeah, fortunate enough to really have a really nourishing upbringing. Um, mm-hmm. Both my parents were super loving and um, they were also really heavily involved with the Salvation Army growing up. 
um, which meant they were really yeah committed to the mission of the Salvation Army as well, which was sort of um, working with those that are less fortunate. And our house yeah was wasn't un, um, uncommon for us to have homeless men or women come and stay at our place. Um, yeah, Mum always had a an open door policy and uh, cooking for the for the street and the community. Sometimes uh, even awesome. a lot of our a lot of our mates growing up. Um, yeah, so I think that was just a really beautiful thing for me to encounter at a young age in regards to, yeah, that each of us and each of our stories are equally important um, mm. and that we all matter. Uh, and also that we're earth brothers and sisters um, and we're all part of the same big family. So it's, um, it's something that I've been fortunate enough to be able to take into my life and into the work that I do now. So I'm really yeah. witnessing people as family. Yeah, and honestly, to be exposed to that at such a young age is yeah. Uh, like I'm, I'm just so interested on the impact that 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 as you go through your story, that that would have had because you know people don't often get that kind of exposure, um, especially one thing of like that connectedness at such a young age. Um, yeah, me, me and my wife had this one conversation beforehand where we were talking about like you know the the world, right? Everything you talk about, countries and this, that, the other, it's just a dotted line that someone else has drawn, totally. you know. Uh, rich, poor, this, that. It's like, again, it's like dotted lines, you know, in a metaphorical sense that people have just drawn to go, you are rich, you are poor, or you're from this, you're, you're th- this religion, you're that religion, you're this from this country, that country. And it's like uh, all of that dotted line drawing just creates more separateness. Totally. Um, and it's all about, yeah, I like that your, yours, uh, your upbringing was bringing it all together. It's all yes. oneness. Yes, I did. I've carried that feeling of oneness, yeah, throughout my life. And it played a big role in my journey, actually. Um, yeah, yeah, which I'll share a bit about. So, yeah. Um, no, please go, man. <laughs> yeah. But the the other thing as well, like as a kid, yeah, I was super connection, connected to, I guess, nature and to the land. Like I remember just loving the ocean, the, the smell of it, the feeling of it. Um, yeah. yeah. And always climbing trees, always hanging out on the earth, um, getting dirty. Um, yeah. <laughs> A few broken bones as well, <laughs> but, yeah. uh, always pretty adventurous. Um, yeah. But I remember, yeah, when I was about eight or nine years old, mum and dad, all mum's family was from Melbourne. So, um, yeah, they felt a pull um, to move us to the suburbs of Melbourne. And I just do remember, even though, yeah, not having the cognition at that age, that, um, yeah, I felt really grieved by that decision uh, and sad that, mm. that I was leaving my home, but it felt like something a little bit deeper. Um and yeah, moving to the city, a big city, was was a big change. Mm. Um, but I guess as a kid, yeah, you just start to yeah adapt, make friends, um, do what you need to do. Um, yeah. But then as I started growing up, yeah, I, I felt sort of yeah, I didn't really love school. Um, didn't feel that connected in that way. Um, but always loved my mates. So we um, got yeah played a lot of sport growing up. Um, but then eventually, as I got older, got caught up in um, yeah sort of the typical male Aussie story a bit, I guess. Um, yeah. Into the drinking culture that goes with sport, um, and that sort of rolling into the drug taking culture and. Um, yeah, led me just sort of getting caught in these loops of addictive pattern, patterns. Um, and I guess not knowing why, why, but I didn't really even feel that I needed to be aware of why either, you know, sort of just being carried by life, I guess, without really yeah. knowing what I was sort of doing and then found myself leaving school at 15 and did the same thing, sort of following some of the norms, um, just go and get an apprenticeship, which I did. Um 
as an electric electrician and um had no interest in being an electrician and never a real passion of mine so yep, again yep. now now i was in a loop of sort of filling my days obviously earning some money which is good at that age but and having some responsibility i guess but um not really happy in what i was doing and yeah. um sort of just funding my weekends i guess to get written off with the boys yeah yeah <laughs> As, as you do, I feel like as you when you're young and experiencing everything and just trying to take it all in. It, was there? Um, and, and I know you kind of said you kind of mentioned you just were rolling with life. Was there anything that kind of triggered you to want to go or that tri- kind of pushed you down this path? Um, and I'm only saying this because I was like, wait, coming from a kid who loved playing outdoors on trees and everything like that, um, was there something missing that you felt that that's what led you to go down the party life, the you know drinking, drugs, alcohol, that kind of scene? Yeah, I think I think for me and sort of witnessing it in other in others that um, as we tend to move through the world, um, there's a lot of I guess social norms, expectations, belief systems. Um, I guess what success looks like. Um, mm-hmm. You need to get a high paying job, you know, house, boat, car, wife, uh, kids. <laughs> sort of blueprint that we all get given, and um, yeah, as I was sort of moving through. Um, edu- you know the education system and into employment that I really didn't enjoy I guess that I was just sort of following what I was meant to do and losing I guess a real sense of myself um, mm. and what I really wanted or what I really needed um, and not really even asking myself those questions just being caught up in the loop of life I guess um, mm. yeah a bit of a victim to the roller coaster I suppose yeah. No, no. I mean, like, I, f- I feel like, yeah, me, myself included. So, no, I understand exactly what you mean. I was always just curious on, like, why? Why do we do this? Like, or why yeah. does it get, you know, it's, and, and like you said, when you said you, you know, you kind of get full into the roller coaster of things, it's like, I think it's just a bit of hypnotization as well. Totally. Uh, when you're growing up, you don't know any better. You don't have any, any filters, any kind of um, way to decode uh, what is good, what is not good. Um, I remember, I, 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 lo- I love this analogy that, got told to me when I was younger, um, when we're, you know, we look at, if you look at yourself as like a computer, right? Um, you get all the previous codings, downloads, bugs as well from your parents, your grandparents, their grandparents, your family, your environment, your friends, all of that. And in these kind of early formative years, you know, that two to eight or two to nine years old, where we're more of a blank state, all of this information comes to us and we're kind of like hypnotized and soak up everything from our environment. Right, but when we're doing this and we're soaking up all of this information from our environment, we are not yet at that level where we have any antivirus protection on. So there's no way of us discerning what is aligned to us, what's not aligned to us, what's good from you know what's you know potentially bad and harmful for us. Yeah. So then we go into our adult years and we've carried the same coding with obviously other you know downloads coding and all added onto this. And it's only later on that we start going like, oh, we need to clean up shop. I need to clean this hard drive now because it's got all these bugs, all these viruses, all this shit from, you know, the from from previously, which I just was unconscious to or unaware to, unaware yeah. of. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. A real product of my environment, you know, and, and like you're saying, yeah, not even really being aware because it's just what's normal, you know, so yeah. uh, just the done thing. So yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely didn't, definitely didn't know any better. Um, yeah. But so yeah, if, when was the pivoting moment? Where did you start switching and you're going like, I need to go inwards for this. Oh, I need to, you know, switch gears. This is not serving me. <laughs> this is not healthy. Yeah. Well, I'll, 
as I, I'll just share something before I go there, just to sort of yeah, give yeah. you a little <laughs> bit more context as well. Um, yeah, I eventually um, quit being an electrician. There was a, there was actually a day I was under some dude's house and uh, you know some rich dude in Doncaster. And I'm just like. <laughs> covered in dirt at 6.30 in the morning, just going, I just don't want to be here. I don't want to do this, you know. So, um, yeah, yeah, made the decision to quit that day um, and was able to, um, through some contacts, be able to get some work, uh, working in social work and and youth work uh, and working with some kids. And my first sort of role, obviously playing a lot of sport, was just basically creating a bit of an adventure program and gym program and that type of thing for kids, which has really started me in – yeah, pretty much a 20-year journey working um, in social work and community services, so working in homelessness, addiction, mental health, all that type of stuff, which is, um, yeah, obviously something that I carried through from childhood and I felt much more in, yeah, I really love that work. I really love sharing mm-hmm. stories with people and, and uncovering what's what's going on for them and what's real for them but also um, what's real for me as well. But then I think uh, where it had a bit of a negative impact on me as well is that I became great at helping everyone else and, and being there for everyone else in their journey. But again, really neglecting this, this need that I wasn't quite aware of yet. There was, there was turbulence um, and still caught in um, my, some of my addictive patterning and those types of things. Mm. I mean, yeah, again, caught even around what you eat, all these types of things, even looking after yourself in any way, really. Like none of this was um, anything that I'd learnt or been taught. Um, so I was very, yeah, I was excellent at being there for everyone else and their problems, but really, again, maybe even neglecting myself even more Yeah. Um, in my journey. Um, yeah. But and then, which I feel is normal. <laughs> totally. You know, yeah, it's totally. it's e- e- easier to look out of the window than to look into the mirror, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. And still not even really being aware that I needed to look in. You know, I think that yeah, yeah still at that stage where you're just sort of in the wheel of life. Still, definitely was enjoying what I was doing and loved doing that. Um, but then, mm. yeah, I guess not even being aware of the way I needed to look within or I needed to tend to my own needs and, and nourish my body and all those types of things, you know, so that I'm a bit more aware of now. Um, but, yeah, in 2010, um, it all changed. Um, I lost my intimate partner uh, really suddenly. Um, wow. And, yeah, that, that sent me into a spiral that um, I definitely wasn't prepared for. Um I was feeling into a pain that I didn't even know was possible as as a human being, um, and obviously, really being really empathic in the work that I was doing as well. I was really sensitive sometimes, um, I guess, to other people's trauma and pain, but then never really having to encounter it in that way myself. Um, mm. And I guess was really suicidal there for a while. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, just really uh, not even being able to function in the world actually, like uh, one foot in front of the other. Even even um, each minute I was witnessing it pass almost by the second. Like that's how much it stopped wow. me stopped me in my wow, tracks wow, wow. and I couldn't be alone. Sometimes I needed to wake people up just so they'd sit with me uh, early days um, and really, really confused about it all. Um, but there was one really important moment that I think that set me off on my journey. I remember leaving the hospital with my mum, and it's what we've sort of been talking about. I remember 
it was an early morning um and every and i, I just lost her um and had to wow. witness her pass as well which um was a super traumatic experience and um yeah, there were cars everywhere, bipping their horns at each other, people on their phones, people running to get on the train. It just, I was, we'd covered over the natural world. There was asphalt and buildings everywhere. And I had this real, I'd never seen the world so clearly before. And I'm just like, oh my God, uh-huh. what have we, what have we done to this place? What, what are we actually doing here? And so there was this, yeah, you talk about that internal, there was something in me sort of going, this is not right, you know, perhaps. Yeah. I really needed to know after that what all this was about. What was, what was this for? What am I doing here? You know. So, mm. um, yeah, I guess it led me. It was the first step in my journey of sort of wanting to uncover um, what reality is. You know, um, and mm. what what my purpose of being here is. You know. So, and potentially that I'd never had my own thoughts or ideas in my entire life. You know, and. Um, it became really yeah. difficult in a sense that not only was I, I felt like what I wasn't just grieving um, Steph, her name was, who had passed. Um, I was also grieving all these emotions that I hadn't processed my entire life. You know, I was, yeah. in, I'd moved yeah. into a world where um, I needed to be okay all the time. You know, especially as a young man, it's always like suck it up. You know, harden up. Mm. You know, just get on with it. Yep. You, know, you know, you'll be right. Type thing. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, and that's what led to me being in this crippling sadness. Like I was, I was now I didn't have a choice. So I was accessing all of this grief that I'd suppressed my entire life to that point, um, and also yeah, in the depths of really missing her and not understanding. Yeah, and 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 being foreign in the world. Yeah, not knowing if I could continue in this place anymore. No, and that and that's the the that's so. Thank you so much for sharing that. Mm. That is like. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm trying to process the the the, the story, let alone, uh, I, I, you know, trying to relate or imagine the feeling that you had when you were going through something like this. Because even when you talk about that level of grief, the intensity of such a big emotion, that it's not just from that. Like the incident may have triggered it, like they, yes. that may have been the trigger point for it. Yeah. But the fact that you're saying this is like, you know, for years that you had just not processed these different levels of griefs that you may have had, uh, which I'm, I would also be curious to explore, like what like you had a nourishing childhood then you went to the, the you know when kind of got pulled into the the mix of the the world you know the machine so to speak the, like another cog in the in, in in the way everything was processing where was all this other hidden grief from what do you think it was actually from your upbringing was it do you think it was generational at all like i'm just curious on like where that all came from i don't think we fully know but i i, I don't think we even recognize what i've come to know is even the grief we accumulate on a daily basis um all yeah. those moments where we're not allowed to be ourselves whether it's uh feeling um yeah i guess the sickness um you know sort of energetically around our planet you know our planet's a bit a bit sick at the moment and not really um in its most nourished form you know we've taken a lot from her you know and mm-hmm. also um I guess when we encounter the people we're surrounded by and, and feeling into their traumas um, and potentially taking on some of that, whether it's what we're absorbing on social media, it's 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 driving past a dead kangaroo, it's whatever it may be, um, even witnessing our friends or family going through grief, we're taking all that stuff on in some way. Um, yeah. And I guess, yeah, I feel like for me definitely, and, and I guess for a lot of people, is that the more I sort of moved into the idea of who I was, who I was meant to be, I was really gr- deeply grieving the person I needed to be and I wasn't allowed to be, you know? So, yeah. Um, what, what helped you not tip over the edge? Because, <laughs> like, when you say that and, and what you're sharing, 
is so powerful because you get so many people are going through this and, and and like you like i love the connection you've kind of done with it's not just your own it's like it's it's the environment the the frequency or the energy of other people around you they're going to impact your own energy totally. you know and you'll you'll take on little bits and pieces of that how do you like yeah if, if someone else was going through this and you were to help or guide them how do you make them not go over the tipping edge you know I think, that being yeah. like self-harm or something like that uh, is what i'm referring to just to be clear in my own yeah experience that yeah there was one particular day where i was i was in that feeling uh, on and off you know came in waves that i you know didn't want to be here but there was a particular day where i had a bit of a plan in place to actually okay i just can't be here anymore um and then i sort of went trudging through the forest by myself um and then i started having a realization that the pain that i was in would potentially if i'd left i'd be putting so many people in that in that similar pain and that was um, almost confirmed when I, um, my whole, I found out my whole family was looking for me that day. Um, and they, oh, wow. they'd driven was, everywhere yeah. and, um, they, um, even went to the cemetery where Steph, um, was buried, but they just, they just, yeah, and became, I got a real sense of their panic and their, you know, um, how that would emotionally affect all of them and how, um, excited they were to find me, I guess. And mm. that really, um, yeah, it was important, you know, because then it was just like, okay, this isn't just about me either, you know. So, um, yeah, even though it's still um, being with what's present and the grief that I was in, but also, yeah, there was something that made me sort of it clicked and sort of said, well, no, yeah, that that's not the answer. It's more yeah. I'm going to have to continue to move through it and continue to feel into some answers and just take take a day to, a moment at a time. And, and the grief comes in waves too, you know. So there's moments yeah. where I was, you know, as I started moving through it, I started being okay. Um, but then, yeah, there were moments where you're on your hands and knees and you're holding on for dear life, you know. So and yeah. it's just, yeah, there were some was beautiful Was there one things. big emotion? Yeah. Or was there one big emotion that kind of helped helped pull you keep pulling you out like you know because like you said it's it's that wave and I, i'm saying this because I've, I've spoken to so many different friends who go through this like who have gone no, not not this sorry this is your own your own story but i mean like this feeling of like when they they get through that mode and it's so low on that roller coaster right what emotions help pull you out to get back up to that like you know and, and it's always going to go peak and trough is it is it that feeling of love from your community and your family was that I think the, it was so important. Like I had a couple of moments where there was one night I was at my sister's house um, and I was in the spare room and I was really feeling like I didn't know how I'd get through the night. I was just so emotional. And she just came out of nowhere. She didn't She didn't say anything because um, it's impossible for anyone to take the grief away from you or fix it. Yes. And that's yes. not the role either. Um, she just came into the bedroom and laid next to me and I felt an overwhelming comfort just by that unfolding. Mm. Um, and she, mm. yeah, like I said, she couldn't fix it or save it, but I just felt nourished by having some an, another being in my presence. Um, yeah, so just presence. Totally. And <laughs> that's and, and that's all, I believe that's all we can do when we're supporting people just to let them know that they're not alone. I'm not here to try and tell you how you're feeling or, or I know what you're going through or some of those things. And people are just trying to say the right things, but um, it really is just saying, yeah, I'm here, I love you you know that's yeah. that's the only thing that we can sort of do and some of those moments um there were a whole bunch of them um that really yeah saved me in those moments so yeah, um, yeah there is a yeah i'll begin you on um 
some of my journey uh, by telling you that this short story. Um, it's just really important <laughs> to sort of uh, let you know where I'm headed. Um, yeah. So I remember being, it was about two or three weeks, maybe three weeks after she'd passed. Um, and again, like I was really trying to sort of find it hard to function and I started walking down the street just to sort of get outside and do something. Um, and I remember standing on the corner just overwhelmed in grief and then this white butterfly just started flying around me. Um, and it was, I, I had the feeling, so oh, I can't remember the last time I saw a butterfly, you know, like, and it was a really beautiful experience. And as it continued to hover around me, I started feeling this sense of, yeah, this, this channel of love coming into my body. And I, and I just hadn't felt any love whatsoever since she'd passed. And um, as I started to move and walk back to the house I was staying at, this butterfly started following me. And then I started talking to her. I'm going, oh, is that uh, you? Like, and and because um, I didn't know where this love was yeah, coming from, uh, this feeling was coming from, and this butterfly was, yeah, really yeah. Um, intimately following my journey home, you know. So, um, and then I'll just take you back quickly before she passed. She passed away two days before her birthday, and um, I was at my mum and dad's house. Um, and mum was really excited. She goes, oh, I want to give Steph a birthday present. She's a quilter and she'd made this beautiful quilt for her. Um, and she said, yeah, I want to give it to her. And I said, oh, listen, um, just wait till her birthday. You don't have to give it to her now. Um, but she was so persistent and had to give it to her for whatever reason. And so wow. I'm like, okay. Um, so she gave it to her and it was this beautiful quilt with all these colours and Steph loved it, you know. She... Um, yeah, had it, had it on her every day, you know, on the couch, um, took it to bed, all that type of stuff. She had a lovely connection with mum and um, eventually, yeah, drove her to the hospital in it. Um, and ever since she'd passed, every day I'd had that quilt on my bed. Um, just <laughs> made me feel like she was around and feeling that comfort mm -hmm. of her, I guess, in some way. Um but then, yeah, after this butterfly experience, I was actually back at my mum and dad's and I was spraying some of her perfume on it just to sort of, yeah, have that familiar scent. And mm. I never knew because like, like a lot of quilts, one side's really colourful with all the patterns, the other side's fairly oh, boring. No and then as I turned the quilt over, the whole thing was covered in white butterflies and I'd never witnessed no. it until that moment. Okay. And then this same channel of love started moving through my entire being and it started becoming familiar. And so this changed everything. So then I started encountering butterflies all the time. Like I was seeing them on kids' shoelaces, T-shirts. Like I'd, <laughs> I'd drive down the street and then wouldn't look in a shop window and suddenly would and there'd be a butterfly there. Um, she started, yeah, I started having dreams about her where I was actually awake in my dream and I was encountering her, which I'd never really had before there were songs coming on like and it was just like she was just trying to contact me and it was just becoming mm. so overwhelming um which which worked in two ways it became so comforting but it, then also it's just like it almost made me want to go even more like i just want to come and be with you you know i don't want to mm. have to be here on my own you oh, know wow, because wow. it had like the like, other yeah the ops yeah it did both it it, it, it i think it, it definitely nourished me in ways um, and obviously gave me that sense of love. And then, because I, yeah, I'd, I'd been to church as a kid and stuff, but I hadn't really had any ideas on, okay, what God meant. Or I was pretty, yeah, I guess sort of closed and open at the same time, you know. So I didn't have any real beliefs or connection to, to a spirit or God, but I didn't, I wasn't closed off from it either, you know. So mm. I, I think 
um, I did recognize that we're on this incredible planet, May, you know, potentially there is something, you know. Um, but then, yeah, she eventually led me to this um, medium. Um, and wow. when I went to see her, um, yeah, when I first got there, you know, like I was super nervous and um, obviously I was having all these encounters, but still, you know, and we're so built into our ideas and belief systems. Like I, it's almost like I still need proof, even though I, I knew what I was encountering. It's just like yeah. I, I guess I just still needed proof of some kind. And um, I sat down and um, she started feeling into things and, and then she started going through my mum. And I don't necessarily look like, especially in 2010, um, that lost my partner, you know, like I'm, cause I'm like, yeah, I, I really need her to tell me that if this is real, I'm not going to give anything away, I guess, you know, I need, I need proof that this is, this is real. And then she started feeling into my mum's energy and she goes, Oh, your mum is really so sad at the moment. She's going, Oh, there's a grief there. And she's like, Oh, the grieving's around you. She's really she's grieving for you, and I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm I'm, inter I'm interested. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And then she said, um, "Oh, you've lost someone, haven't you? Yeah. Oh, you've lost your partner." And I'm just like, oh, "Yeah, yeah. This is I have." And and she's like, "Oh, she's she's here. You know, do you mind if I bring her through?" And then first she just described her to, to let me know, like, and got everything, the eye color, hair color, er, everything. Um, wow. But then, um, yeah, as we sat down uh, as, and as she started to bring her through, um, yeah, there was all this stuff she started to talk to, you know. Like I think after she passed, one of the hardest things I had to do was um, clean up our room. We lived together. Um and for whatever reason, people asked if they could do it for me. But again, I think it was something – I tapped into this kind of deep intuition because I was starting to have these inner experiences that I needed to go through that process on my own. Like for whatever reason, I needed to grieve, um, mm. which I'm so glad that I had those experiences. So, yeah, but it was it was so difficult. Like I had to pick up all these little messages that she'd wrote to me, like little cards. Um, yeah. She had all the way she tended, tended to the room, all her clothes – um, and these were some of the things like, first of all, like, um, I, did, I couldn't throw any of her clothes away. I'm just like, um, I can't do that. And, and the medium was saying, or Steph was saying, Steph saying that, you know, she knows you can't throw all her, any of her clothes away. She's saying, just pick her pick your favorites and then you can throw the rest away. It's okay. You know, like, Jeez. um, wow. I swapped over to her side of the bed and now oh, Steph's telling me that you swapped over to her side of the bed. Um, there was, there was a rose that I had, um, that I'd left on the pillow and she knew that I'd left Steph's telling me about the rose on the pillow. And then one of the other, yeah, real specific ones. And I didn't really know, like we lived with another couple at the time and um, she gave me this crystal and she said, Oh, Steph loved this crystal. And I'm like, oh, I didn't even know she, she loved crystals and stuff, which was great. And I said, so yeah, I want you to have this one. And it was this purple amethyst that I sat on the bedside mm. table Um and yeah, that was the that was the the final one. It was just like yeah, Steph's telling me about the purple amethyst that's sitting on the bedside oh, table, man. and I'm just like, oh. <laughs> bawling tears, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm getting like my I've literally my, my whole arms are covered in goosebumps yeah. just hearing you say this, like because yeah, yeah. I, 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 look, I'm a I'm a believer of um, 
um, not, nothing fully ever leaves. It kind of always transforms into different things, right? Exactly. And, and, and I just look at it from that perspective of like we are energetic beings. Everything yeah. around us is energy. It's frequencies. Um, the beauty about this is that you have certain healers, such as like this medium you spoke to, who I think certain people start unlocking this ability to see different frequencies. Yeah, and if you talk about everything just being energy, it's like you know, a, for lack of a better comparison, a dog can see in X amount of colors compared to what a human can see, compared to like there's certain tribes actually who, and I was watching this documentary, certain tribes can see lesser, uh, not lesser, more detailed amounts of green than the human, like than normal, you know, societal uh, Western society humans uh, can see, purely for the fact that that's what they've been exposed to. So why I'm saying all this is that coming even back to this work and some like healers that you meet healers they start unlocking this level and i don't know if you want to call it your third eye or whatever it, it doesn't for me it doesn't matter it's just they, they just start going like peeling back these um kind of it's like a, this awakening they kind of get into where they start seeing these different energies and these different frequencies and when you were sh- sharing the butterfly story already i was like the butterfly is a symbol of transformation totally like that's like like you know from a spirit animal guide kind of style is totally. it's, the, it's a symbol for transformation whether that's your own transformation which is a pivotal moment in your life that was a huge transformation piece right through to your partner transforming and that being an energetic representation of her you know or some sort of soul fra- soul fragment of hers in, in that sort of way totally. you know so yeah, sorry, mate. Like literally goosebumps. And I was like, oh, I can. Yeah, thank you for speaking so uh, openly and vulnerably on this. No, nah, no worries. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been really important. Again, that was something, again, with I think with the grief around it all as well. Like I was always pretty good at, 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 at talking to it. It's like I really needed to. Like I really needed to speak to it. I needed to, yeah, listen to the songs that reminded me of her. Even though a lot of it was painful, it was like my body knew that I needed to grieve. You know, I think mm. that's that was such an important message. Uh, even yeah, when it came to speaking at the funeral, I had a lot of people, you know, say, "Oh, you, I'll, I'll speak on your behalf and that type of thing." And I'm like, as hard as it's going to be, there's there's no one. I just knew there's no one that's going to yeah sort of take that away from me. It's something that I need to stand up and and share from my heart and and allow myself to express how I felt about this you know incredible human being. You know, so um, mm. yeah. Um, so, but then after leaving the medium, they were like, I was just filled with light and obviously I was having all these encounters. Um, but then, yeah, like it, it was, it was a real battle sort of functioning in the real world and then functioning in this, this other world, you know, and trying to find the balance in all of that, you know? Um, and then, yeah, I think it was nearly a, a year had gone by and, I guess I was catching up with people and friends and, and, and things and just sort of still feeling that there was so much more for me to uncover, you know. I, I remember um, because she sort of became – that was the beautiful thing too. It was almost like I started having a, a direct channel to her as well. Like, um, oh, yeah, uh, she became like my spirit guide really. And yeah. Yeah. and I'd re- I never really knew what love actually was, you know. I think um, – yeah, I hadn't really encountered love before until she passed, you know. So this is where I actually uh, started to uncover what what love meant and what falling in love actually meant, you know. Because um, mm. there was definitely parts of me that I began to fall in love with in myself that I'd never that I'd never felt before because I was, yeah, it was like she and she was like in my guide in so many ways. She started introducing me again to 
to the rhythms in nature, um, to the land, and that we can call on her as a medicine um, and that we're not separate from it. Um, so all these things that I was encountering as a kid, um, yeah, I became childlike again in regards to my relationship to, to the forest, to the ocean, mm-hmm. um, yeah, to the natural world, you know. So, um, do, you, do you find that um, you've deepened, do you find that deepening your own sense of this, of love, is what actually allows you to connect with love with outside of like with others or is it the opposite you found that from loving outside of others it allows you to love yourself more um i think it go, yeah maybe it goes both ways yeah. yeah um cool yeah i think yeah there was a lot i was starting to get an access to some of my my inner workings you know i guess my inner soul my inner journey um and that there was a yeah some real intuitive wisdom even though i wasn't fully aware of it at the time like even around some of the things i knew i had to do around my grieving process like that was there was a deep wisdom there um in what i needed to do you know um and as i look back on it more now i'm like wow you know there was just this i was being guided by an inner wisdom um to do what I needed to do, to take the right steps, to encounter and be listening in the right moments, um, to be really witnessing that first butterfly. Um, and Because I think that that was the thing too. But, and that, I think that's the power in grief as well. It, 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 you get no choice but to be present. You know, there's such an aliveness to grief. Um, I guess, yeah, for, for so much of my life, living in the tomorrows and yesterdays, um, I think it just gave me no choice but to start listening and start being really present in my journey and that was why I was able to encounter her in this way and encounter the messages from the butterflies, the dreams, all of those things because I was just so present, you know, like I wasn't caught up in um, where I needed to be or the expectations of work or any of this stuff, you know, or um, this was my only, yeah, this was my only lived experience for quite a while, you know. It was just like there, nothing else really mattered, mm-hmm. you know. Even when people were talking to me about, you know, the possibility of going back to work and some of these things, like it couldn't have been further from my from my mind, even though you've eventually got a – I was lucky having good family and parents that I was able to have a bit of time off to sort of just tend to these spaces, but how important it was not to think about any of that stuff and to be really listening to the wisdom that was being shared um, through this experience, you know. So, yeah. Um, yeah but, beautiful, man. Yeah. Um, as I was saying, like, but then, yeah, I think it was a year gone by and I was in that – sort of conflicting state i'm just like i just want to be exploring this i just want to be in presence with her i just want to be living in this inner world but i you know we need to obviously yeah live in this reality we you know we don't catch our own food anymore you know so we have to yeah, we yeah. have to work and we have to earn a living and those types of things so i did um start getting back into youth work and i felt really nourished in that space as well um took me a while to actually be able to be fully functional in it but i was yeah, starting to find my rhythm there, but I was still just really, um, yeah, finding it hard to witness what we'd done to the planet. Like I was really yeah, taking on a lot of the planet's grief in regard to in regards to the way we've disconnected from from the land and almost, like I said before, paved over the top of the natural world, you know, with mm. this sort of alternate mm. reality. Um, and I guess that just really annoyed me for a, for a while. I was just really yeah. sad about it. <laughs> And yeah. but almost like I didn't have patience for 
just the mundane conversations either. So I found myself being really isolated because even with catching up with some of my old mates and stuff, you know, I love them to death. But, um, you know, if we're talking about replacing the roof or the missus has pissed me off this week or whatever it may be, um, it, it's just like I needed a depth now in, in into the conversations I was having and who I was encountering. And, um, yeah, so I did come to a breaking point where – I just need to get the hell out of here because um, um, oh, before the, before that, I'll just have to quickly mention that um, I had a friend of mine who um, who, who I'd met. He was a, a, a street artist, you know, just an amazing dude and um, someone I could talk to a bit more about some of this stuff. Um, he had mentioned that he'd had... Um, an ayahuasca experience, like a plant medicine experience, um, and yeah, talked about yeah. yeah, talked about accessing, um, yeah, other realms of reality and 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 feeling into things that he'd never felt before. And immediately, I knew nothing about it, and it wasn't as commonly sort of talked about um, back then either. Um, but immediately, I knew that I needed to explore this. You know, there was something in mm. me again. It was listening to that inner wisdom. I'm like, I need to follow whatever you're talking about. So then I mm. went and did the research um, and started looking it up and uh, saw conflicting things. There were some people having beautiful experiences, but some people having extremely traumatic experiences yeah. and um, all sorts of stuff. And um, it was just like, well, yeah, this is a this is a medicine and an experience that needs to be respected and and. Um, yeah, um, but I said to him that day, I said, look, if because um, I knew there were, there were um, uh, some shamans that were sort of working um, sort of secretly, I guess, um, in Australia, um, just doing their thing. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I just said, look, if you hear about another one of these sort of sacred circles that I'd love to be a part of it if you find out um, there's an invitation for one um, without even really, yeah, just knowing that I needed to, to explore it. Um and then, yeah, just the trust time, in the inner wisdom. Totally, yeah. Um, and then the time came where he, he gave me a call and said, "Yeah, there's a there's a spot if you want one." Um, and I remember that week, you know, there's a very strict diet and all those types of things, and mm. so it's sort of yeah. removing any type of processed foods and all like making sure the body's really cleansed and really clean um, mm. for this type of experience for the medicine to um, fully be able to work through you. Um, and but then yeah there was this uh, lot of fear coming up in regards to this and even on the journey there like it was a really you know i remember a really windy and rainy day and it was um i'm like oh this isn't a good sign you know <laughs> like um and, and yeah feel, feeling really like scared for my life almost um yeah. but then yeah rocked up at this um re- little space that they had this little retreat space that they had and um, even speaking to someone when I first got there, um, he'd, he'd done um, ayahuasca before and um, he was telling me, yeah, it started getting intense and then it became even more intense and like it was a really scary experience for him and this was the first person I'd spoken to and it, it just <laughs> just more and more fear started pumping through the veins, you know. Like, <laughs> it's um, raining outside, it's windy as hell, <laughs> there's, you're already scared shitless. <laughs> it's it like, is. Right, yeah. Let's add on, let's add on. Uh, yeah. 
but then like just as before i was about to walk through the hall like the sun uh, and the sunset started beaming through the clouds and i was having that sense of familiarity with with the love that steph was able to sort of bring into my being and sort of and it was this feeling that oh, things are going to be okay. Think you know that I'm here. I'm going to be here with you. Mm, and right. as I and as I sort of walk through, um, yeah, into the into the sort of ceremony space, um, I was sort of feeling into where I was going to sit. And as I um, sat down, um, the woman next to me had butterflies all over her yoga mat. Uh, get out! Like okay, this is all right. Uh, yeah, the, meant to be. The comfort and the love and the yeah and just the the trust in like this yeah. is where I need to be in my journey you know right now in this moment um, again really just listening to what's what's unfolding here and um, mm. yeah I remember there was sort of the shaman talking to the process and that we all drink our cup and um, even that the breath is our steering wheel if it's becoming a bit intense or um, we're a bit out of body it's important to try and connect with the breath to try and come back to the body and mm. i remember um yeah we all had a had a serving and um i was just sort of waiting for things to unfold um <laughs> and i just had this sort of, sort of just beautiful feeling like there was this energy moving through me and just sort of healing things like sort of really tending to some of the the sadness and the grief and because i was still very much caught caught in my grief um yeah. around where to now for me in this in this particular world you know like i was feeling that beautiful connection with steph but i was just like you know what am i going to do in this world i was feeling really isolated in it so still really and this is only a year after you were saying right a year after yeah so that's like yeah yeah you're still right yeah Yeah, exactly yeah yeah um but yeah it was her connection that i guess that was really keeping me um yeah getting fueled with enough love, I guess. Mm. Um, and then, so as I was, um, yeah, I started having this sense that um, I was feeling all this beautiful healing taking place, but I wasn't sorely necessarily entering other worlds or experiences um, like that I'd heard about or read about that people were talking to. Um, and so I was feeling into whether I have another cup and I'm just like, well, I don't know anything about it. I don't know if it gets more crazy or so. I was really sitting with that for for a bit and then, um, yeah, something telling me. It was almost like Steph was telling me to have another cup. Um, yeah. Wow. And, I, and so I, I crawled over to the shaman and um, I drank another cup um, and within five minutes, like, I was just – um everything became so intense you know like um my heart was racing um i was having all of these um colors and and shapes sort of coming at me but it was all coming at me way too fast um and they sort of said if you need help put your hand up and and we'll come and tend to you and i'm like do i ask for help you know do i need an ambulance like i started all my all my Uh, sort of human thoughts started coming in because it just became so intense um but then I remember reading this passage just before and what to expect potentially on your first experience. And it was just like trust in the medicine, trust in the process mm. that it's here to, here to heal you. Um, it's here to hold you. Um, but you need to have faith. 
And it was like those words got handed to me, you know, like a, like a tool, you know, um, out of mm. the tool belt. And um, in that moment where I just trusted and had faith in the journey, it shot me out into this completely other reality, like a reality that was so intricate, so beautiful, um, mm. something that I'd never witnessed before and didn't even know was possible to witness, so beautifully orchestrated. And again, like, yeah, I'm not in my human form. I'm just witnessing this as like yeah. consciousness or as an energy, you know. There, yeah. there was when you a, completely step out as the observer and you're totally. just seeing it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There was seeing it like a, it's like a movie. Your, your, your life is playing like a movie in front of you. Yeah. So I'm just a part of this experience um, and just in wonder and in awe of what's happening, you know. Um, but then as I was moving through this experience, just caught up in just so much, yeah, just so much. And you're feeling it in your body too, feeling it in your heart, just like accessing this love that you've never felt before, you know. Um, mm. And then as I was moving through this sort of reality, this this spiral started um, coming towards me. And as I moved towards it, um, there was a figure and it started walking towards me and it was Steph. And she was oh. there standing right in front of me like I'm sitting here in front of you. And wow. she couldn't believe that I could see her. So she was, oh, wow. she was laughing um, <laughs> that I was able to see her fully. And as she was laughing, and I guess this is why we sit in community and we're all interwoven as humanity and our energies, the woman, as she was laughing, the woman on the butterfly, was verb on the butterfly mat was verbally laughing. So I was wow. able to hear... Steph was almost channeling this woman <laughs> so that I could hear the laughter as well. Like it became just so out of control. And when, when we got to embrace, um, yeah, I guess it was just uh, everything that had happened, all my grief, all my sadness um, was, was leaving me. Like, and I was, Yeah, I was just going to imagine like shedding, just falling away, falling off. Everything was shedding. Um, wow. Yeah, it was just like – and then, yeah, she became – um yeah she started showing me different parts of reality and i started feeling the way that the plants grow um mm. that um how interwoven we are with with the world you know i was able to share my breath at, at the most you know intimate level share my breath with the ocean's breath and like it was mm. just yeah this profound sort of night where I was able to really uncover my true essence and feel it, I guess, in its yeah. all of its glory, I guess. Like and yeah. and be healed in it all, you know. Um yeah. and be cleansed in it all, you know. So it was just <laughs> yeah. Just magical. Honestly, just magical, like, even really. yeah. It's it's had yeah. It's so hard to explain because I like like I've had like I've never done um, ayahuasca or anything from that, but I am a big believer like with plant medicine and respecting the medicine and how you can go and through to, through that. And to, I look at the medicine as a a tool, as you you know any other tool that allows you to kind of penetrate beyond the what you are consciously aware of, and that's why I see it can be really powerful. But it's respecting it in the way of understanding that, but then understanding how you can use it later, because you know some people can get caught up in the habit of just doing it for the sake of like that high you know, that you might get from the medicine rather than actually realizing that you need time afterwards for integration. Well, the and that integration piece starts becoming important, which is where I wanted to see what your integration experience after this, because now this is such a freaking a deeply transform transformational experience. And again, I still love that her her symbol was the butterfly because yes. it was like just when we talk about transformation, yes. 
and the butterfly being symbolic of transformation. Yes. What was the integration afterwards for you after this? It, and that, yeah, like you're saying, I think the integration is the most important part. I mean, because you're going to have yeah. to go back into the world. There were again, mm. like a, it was a bit of a a balancing for me because now like I almost saw even more holes in in just the way, in the way we live and, <laughs> and and some of the things that we concern ourselves with you know that I'd entered this place where oh my god like some of the ideas and beliefs and perceptions that I'd inherited and, and taken on I guess through my journey were just so like the, this 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 world and this experience and and the power we have and the, the intuition and wisdom that each of us hold is so far beyond um, the 3D, I guess, experience that I'd come to know, you know, like, and so, yeah, there was early days, it was even more difficult in ways, I guess, to like, wow, like, I don't even know if I can, um, yeah, go back, you know? Um, yeah. But, no, but, but but even speaking, I just want you to speak, maybe go a little deep on this because like when people are on these journeys of figuring out themselves so, and, and this like yours has been obviously through using the uh, uh, plant medicine with this as well. But even if we didn't have the plant medicine, it's that once you start changing your inner workings and really going deep and peeling back the layers of yourself to understand who you are and then the connectedness of everything, it is so hard. Like I, I've found that like can be sometimes the most challenging thing that it's like, even we mentioned this beforehand with friends and I was like, I got you, like, like you said it briefly, but I was like, that's such a big topic on, on its own. You could talk about right? Because it's like, yeah. say with the friends, it's like, I love my friends. I really do care deeply about them. But when you started changing, you start realizing like what brings you, energizes you, what feels nourishing, what feels healing, what feels like this is like, this is where I want to be heading. And, and the, the, the kind of um, level, I can't think of a better word, but the energetic level of the conversations I want to be having. You know, yep. whereas like, yeah, talking about just the same old, same old. Oh, how's this? Oh, life's okay. Life's good. Oh, yeah, and no, I did this. This is like, man, you you want more expansive conversations. You want more things that you're like, yeah, this because like when you have these conversations, it starts vibrating and changing the frequency, the energy around you starts pulling in all the different things that you need for you. And it's like all of a sudden conversations, energy, the people you're around starts shifting as you start shifting. And that's the biggest thing I learned from my own inwards journey uh, with multiple things is that I, as my shift internally had a massive like change in the outward world. And especially that gaps you see, it's probably one of the hardest things to cope with because you're like, well, I still need to make money. I still need to provide. I still need shelter. Like, like, And it's not to say that like, you know, these things are the gaps I'm talking about more. I don't want to be living this kind of way or, or, or helping or changing the world in this kind of way. I see a different purpose for myself. How do you transition into that? And how do you deal with the gaps? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, the beautiful thing, like, and yeah, we we talk to it all the time. We're so blessed to um, the dude I was working with at the time in a youth service that I was working at. Um, we ended up uh, becoming, yeah, uh, incredible friends. Um we first met through um, our love for Metallica, <laughs> which was um, a beautiful way to meet. Um, and, yeah, as we uncovered each other's journey a bit, he um, had really followed um, some of the Tibet, Tibetan Buddhist path, you know, um, in his journey and had been really excited about some of that um, and felt real a real connection uh, to Buddhism. Um, and that was great for me because that was stuff that uh, really complemented some of the questions I've been asking and sort of hearing his uh, – he was a beautiful writer, wrote these beautiful 
poems and stuff and he was i guess he was just really uh and because i'd come from a world of obviously hanging out with you know dudes footy dudes my whole life and um had never really had anyone that was so emotionally connected to themselves i guess um and we were both good for each other in that sense because he needed there was this beautiful exchange he needed some of me and the way uh, some i guess the masculine ways that i did things and i really needed some of the mm. the feminine qualities that he was so in tune with you know and um so it was this exchange it was just yeah and it's it's been like the perfect love story still to today you know and he was <laughs> he, he was the guy that i was able to continually and again even when i was in my moments of grief he'd he'd ring me and i just say oh bro i need you and we'd go um and drive down to the coast we'd just sit sit at the beach and just listen to the waves listen to the birds and we wouldn't say a thing for hours you know and that's all i needed mm -hmm. you know um and so when i came back from this experience he was just so intrigued and and he was he was the, yeah, the, the perfect dude that I that I had. I was just so fortunate that we'd met each other. We always talk about it all the time, you know. Um, we do a lot of work together now. Um, he, um, yeah, just having his reflection because that's the thing when we're going through some of these things, it can feel so isolating. But also, we don't even know what's yeah. happening internally until we have it reflected back to us as well. Like it's like we need someone who can really listen to to what we say but also trigger us with um the right questions as well so then it allows us that just that reflection and there's someone being curious about you know my intimate workings and my intimate journey that i was able to bring that stuff out and we were able to i guess i was able to evolve so much more through our relationship if i had to do it on my own i wouldn't yeah i 100 wouldn't be where i am now and have an awareness now and i still need him daily you know like we yeah we don't go many days without talking and sometimes yeah we, we laugh about it that we're on the phone for three hours you know um it's yeah. like yeah way crazier than any relationship i've been in any intimate one anyway um, <laughs> there's a power in that kind of level of community and depth in relationship like I, I have a, a totally. weekly uh, call with a buddy of mine where we do like a weekly men's check-in call. And, and I say the power in that because it's like very similar, funnily enough to what you're saying, like uh, he's, he would, uh, I would say like a bit more, he's a masculine energy, but he definitely has a lot more of those feminine qualities as well of the softness that like, you know, that presence that he can give through that. Um, and when we have these conversations, it's, it always peels back like deeper understandings of ourselves. You know, and and it also makes you, it allows you to kind of feel safe. Like that's, um, as men, we're always thought to be as like, you know, the providers, the containers, like, you know, the, mas the masculine energy is the, the container, right? We give structure, we'd be a feminist, the feminine energy being that fluid, the, the water, so to speak, right? So we have, our job is to kind of understand ourselves on such a level that we can actually create or build up this container for someone, uh, for our partners or for, for feminine energy to flow naturally and without judgment, with like with all their mystery and the chaos and everything like that because that's the beauty in there there's the beauty in the feminine with the chaos as well and the mystery totally. um and the masculine there's also the beauty in the structure although it can be rigid and all that there's that beauty in that so when we're always in our masculine we never actually get that space held for us nah, and yeah. sometimes when you get that even sometimes you just get a little glimpse of that and someone holds space for you you can surrender into your feminine and and that and i say because masculine and feminine are just energies within us they're not 
a man is masculine, a female is feminine. It's not everyone has masculine, feminine energies within us. And it's that constant balance of those energies. If you're constantly in your masculine, it's, I don't think it's healthy. If you're constantly in your feminine, I don't think it's healthy. I think there's a, a duality and balance that you'll flow and you'll find your natural rhythm of it. But that's like, that's where we still need to be held from that opposite energy at different times as well. Totally. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But no, yeah. it was just, yeah, it was just so beautiful. And it was, it was like we were able to go on the journey uh, together. So we became, it's almost like we, even though we have our own reality and our own way of feeling things, we had, we were able to open up into a, re, a shared reality that, that I'd mm. never been able to experience before. And that, yeah, we'd just continue uh, exploring, have these adventures. Like, you know, sometimes when we have conversations, we we can talk over each other and it's always like everything's always welcome, you know, because we just get so excited, you know, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm able to completely be myself. I'm, I'm able to talk to things that I'm really loving about my journey and expressing and, and him knowing that it's not a place of ego or anything. It's just me being re- really excited about it and him holding that and, um, yes. when I'm yep. feeling grief, grief, you know, uh, grief in some way we've, yeah, I've encountered different, obviously been on the, on the journey since, um, moving through different experiences and having him there to be able to reflect on that all the time and, and him just know, uh, I guess he just, he, he sees me and knows me completely and it's just so mm-hmm. important for someone. Yeah. Um, and not, you know, so many people don't have that, that, um, this, yeah, this being just knows every single thing about me, you know, um, and able to reflect it and 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 share with me in it, and know that sometimes we don't even need to say anything. We just need to catch up and hang out together, and and not a word is said, you know. So, um, yeah. So, but that then that led me like and like you were saying that integration was still really hard. I knew need, more work needed to be done, um, yeah. and I was getting that call, and I really felt the call to. Um, go and sit with some of the shamans in the Amazon. Um, mm. And that was something that was really, um, yeah, just, just staying with me. And, um, yeah, there was a moment, like I was saying, I was sort of caught up in in some of the mundane stuff um, that I made a decision that I just had to had to leave uh, that day. And I knew, uh, realised that I just booked a flight to Peru. Um I was oh, wow. still, yeah, I was still meant to show up to work. I had to, <laughs> had to write a really. I was actually managing a youth service at that time, and I had to really um, write a heartfelt letter to sort of say it's just, um, yeah, there's a, there's a, a path that I need to take right now, um, and, and wow, and that that just goes beyond anything. And I think people that know me as well, like I, I, there was a sense of abandoning the work I was doing and some of the the young people that I was working with, but at the same time. Um, it's also acknowledging that I'm not going to be good for them in the long run unless I go and tend to these parts of myself that I needed to continue to explore. So really trusting that, that I needed to go and do it. And so I just took off basically. I just knew I wanted to go and meet some, yeah, meet a shaman and that's all I knew. Um, this is after you've done your first journey. Yeah. This was stepping back into this work of like, uh, the social work, helping kids and all that through this. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. And then you decided to still take another leap of faith. Probably another year later. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Okay. So that was. I know because that's intense because like like you've already done one massive thing and changing things, and then it's like you're like, okay, you know what? I'm going to, especially when you have like that's, uh, yeah, when you have responsibilities, it makes it harder. Like it feels like the barriers of entry are like just raised. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, it was it just this inner wisdom that allowed you to go like, I need to do this. I can't like because like how do you push past all the bullshit western 
roadblocks. You know, I said, where's some roadblocks is in like, like, you know, your responsibilities, your family going like, no, 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 this, they, they may be like, wait, wait, why are you doing this all of a sudden again? Or, you know, uh, your own questioning of yourself going like, is this the right thing I need to do? Yeah. How'd you find the answer? Yeah, that that's literally what it was. It was like some of even that, some of that intuition around, yeah, whether things that I needed to grieve and think my process around that, or whether it was the way I encountered Steph or following, you know, that direction to go and see this medium. It was just like, it's like I didn't have a choice. It was like my, mm. yeah, that inner listening. Um, yeah, it's like I didn't even question it. It was just like, yep, I, this is something. It was something that was sort of coming up, you know, a bit. But then there was this day where it just arrived on me, and it's just like, you got to go today. Um, mm. And and so yeah, there's a lot actually to organise before you go to Peru. So I quickly booked a flight in like a week, and then I realised I had to. Yeah, there was quite a bit of preparation <laughs> before, yeah. before I had to go. Um, yeah. But yeah, and obviously sent sent a really heartfelt email to you know my the bosses that sort of my boss and those types of things and and saying how sorry i was but i just yeah i just needed to go um yeah yeah, yeah, a lot of people not understanding but um at least the team that i was working with directly they they understood and they knew that i wouldn't leave unless i had to you know so which was it was lovely to feel that type of support as well um yeah yeah, no that's just such a yeah no thank you for sharing that because i'm like it scares it scares me like you know there, there are times like even for my own personal self like that where i'm going through things and it's like you know like i'm like oh i know i need to change it up like say you know uh, one thing that i'm feeling through recently is just this like do i want to stay here do i want to move to like i want to go closer to the water and to the like to like like the, the water always feels like it calls me but then mm-hmm. i'm like oh wait what about we have a mortgage we're paying for we have this we're paying for we have all these other things that come up and it's so easy to get pulled away from that you know, like it's so, it's so easy for me to just double guess myself and go like uh, second guess myself, sorry, and um, decide not to do it. You know, so you having that deep inner trust in yourself, mm. I think that's something that's so true, but it's it's something that's not easy to cultivate yeah, <laughs> at no. the same time. Yeah, um, yeah, I, and I never would have made these decisions, you know, in pre. I guess Steph leaving. You know, it was yeah. Um, uh, yeah oh, there was a different kind of. Yeah, I was accessing a different. I was accessing myself for the first time, actually. Yeah, um, my true self and my true needs, um, and something that was way bigger than me. You know, the idea of me, anyway. You know, it was just like there is this movement that's carrying you now, um, and you just need to keep listening to it because that's going to carry you, you know, all the way where you need to go. You know. Um, yeah. And then I remember, I remember taking off and um, landing in um in peru um and in lima in the major city not really knowing yeah. where i was doing i hadn't tracked down any retreat or any shamans okay, or anything yeah, like that. You, okay no, i just literally went <laughs> <laughs> and so i was in um sort of yeah spending a few days in lima and again that's a big city so i was just like oh jeez and obviously i didn't speak very much spanish at all so that was that has had its own challenges yeah. um and so just sort of wondering what I was going to be doing and feeling like, you know, the questions come in, am I doing the right thing? Like, what are you doing here? You know, all that type of stuff. But then I was about a week in and then um, I get a phone call from Andy, my brother, the one that I've been talking about. Um, and he said, bro, I've been talking to Zoya, um, which was his partner at the time. I'm coming. And then literally, Oh, no way. Yes. And then literally he jumped uh. on the next flight to come and see me. Um <laughs> 
and he'd done the work behind the scenes. He'd found a place, a retreat that we could go um, that was not far from Akitos and, um, yeah, had pretty much planned out the whole um, sort of journey. I just had to wait for him to get here and then we'd, yeah, take a flight. What? How <laughs> that all came together? Crazy, yeah. So, uh, um, Which was beautiful for him to trust as well, you know, mm-hmm. to just trust in this energy and the movement behind it, you know, So, because he was a – uh, you know, just such a seeker at the time, and um, he was there through the whole Steph experience too. And it was it was something that he needed to encounter as well um, in his own process. But then also um, the way that I was sort of moving and feeling into things, and our relationship every time every time he shared something, he was just so excited about it. You know, which was um, which was so good. Like <laughs> he was never coming from a place of. Um, yeah, the that wasn't just authentic in in wanting to know more and and um, just because the the love between us is just yeah just such a deep thing you know so um, mm. we're all just yeah, both that, both of us are just so yeah committed and intrigued in each other's journeys you know which is great um, and so yeah we ended up uh, in this retreat and staying in this beautiful like yeah, these beautiful double story jungle huts you know um deep into the amazon and i remember even when we jumped on the boat like we'd get to akitos and then we had to take this boat like like two hours into the amazon rainforest and i'm just like not one person alive would know where i am right now um (laughs) or if anything happened to me no one would know and i'm just like i kind of loved that you know i'm just like there was such a freedom in that um yeah that i hadn't really felt before so um but the same thing, it was um, we were getting ready for our first ceremony and I was just sort of, you know, knowing what I encountered last time, how prepared I needed to get for it. Um, and then uh, all the nerves coming back in and sort of just, I guess, oh, am I going to encounter her again? Having no idea whether that's going to happen again or or um, what might unfold out there. And um, same thing, just sort of entering the space and, and having Andy next to me was an incredible sense of nourishment and safety, having a brother, you know, laying next to you, about to go on his own journey as well. Mm. Um, and, and so we journeyed together as well. And um, things, were again, were like super turbulent and, and, and difficult in the beginning and asked everything of me. Like I was just, um, yeah, wanting to abort mission and, and, and all that stuff comes in. Um this is through, through your journey you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, this is in the beginning yeah. of the first ayahuasca uh, sitting yeah, in, yeah. in the Amazon, you know, like, um, oh. yeah, again, just it becoming so intense that, I, you know, I'm just like, I don't know if I want to be here. And I'm yeah. like, <laughs> um, but again, there's something yeah. just, yeah, finding that faith and trust in what's about to happen. Um, and it opened up into even more incredible worlds this time. And it was like, it was funny because as I was, I, I was still seeing the medium on a regular basis, and I, as I was encountering her, I was, I was encountering Steph each time, and she was like evolving while she, you know. Mm-hmm. So whatever her role is, um, yeah, wherever she is, um, she was continually evolving into a being, and she used to laugh at the fact that I was just trying to figure life out, and I was stuck wow. here just stumbling over myself. And, and and she was continually evolving on this just incredible level, yeah. you know. Um, and that was something you, you mentioned. She was like, she became your spirit guide. And people yes. won't know. Can you can you explain what a spirit guide is? Just like in your simplest terms. Because I was like. Yeah. I can only, yeah, say it in, yeah, yeah, how it feels for me. I guess other people encounter um, spirit guides in their own way. Um, 
but for me, uh, she I, I was able to feel her um, and almost almost hear her. Like even though it wasn't like an audible, it's almost like um, telepathy in the way that I was able to encounter her. Like I just knew when she was there, um, mm. but then also. Um, she was just giving me these deep messages. There were some, like, yeah, there's a whole bunch of other stories I can go into that were sort of really profound <laughs> around, you know, um, yeah, we haven't got enough time. But where I was encountering her, like, you know, there was moments where I'd had her sitting next to me on the couch and um, she was actually showing me what to see. It was actually the first. We went and saw Avatar the first time um, at the cinemas together and then it was the first time I'd ever watched it since she'd passed away and I didn't I loved it the first time but I didn't really understand it and and then there was a time I was watching it and she was like sitting next to me and then I was able she was in and I could feel her sitting next to me and I'm talking to her and she's she's showing me how to what to see in 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 the movie and then you think of that first movie it's exactly what it was about it was this woman you know, uh, th- this man that was sort of confused, but then like sort of becoming more and more connected to himself, connected to the forest. And she was his mm. guide on how to, mm. how to communicate with the forest. So this wow. was the story she was showing me. She's going, this is our story. Like, wow, yeah. Wow, so she wow. was showing That's me amazing. how to listen, how to watch it. How, yeah. And so, yeah, I'm just profoundly downloading this stuff as like, this is, this is our story. And then, if you ever yeah get the chance to listen to the the song that comes comes on afterward um in the closing credits so i've had this incredible experience had her sitting next to me on the couch feeling into this whole story and then i'm listening then this song comes on at the end which is all about my life was a sacrifice to live through your love basically and wow. that and that has and I been, feel like I'm definitely gonna yeah go back and listen you to have that to listen to that I'm, song yeah yeah and then i've had a whole bunch wow. of um, oh yeah, so the first experience was we yeah, went to the medium, and she said, "Oh, Steph's laughing." Um, I said, "Oh, why is that? Why is that?" And this was only about three or four weeks after the Avatar experience. She's going, "Oh, she's just letting me know. I don't know if it makes sense, but she's letting me know that she helped direct Avatar." And I'm just like, <laughs> "What?" You know. So, um, and then I've had a bunch of people sort of talk. You know, I've had a bunch of Avatar encounters since then, um, just randomly with people that have sort of mention things around avatar and uh, yeah it's yeah even when i was leaving to get the appropriate um sort of shots and stuff to go to peru um yeah the woman when she, she was just really intrigued about why i was going to peru and so i just briefly told her and she goes wow that sounds just like avatar you know like and what so i just kept having these encounters yeah. which, which just continued yeah. to yeah just yeah give me the faith in 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 this connection in the fact that she is yeah, helping me uncover who I am, yeah. the secrets of, of of our world, the secrets of the universe. It's yeah, yeah it's just been this profound, incredible mm-hmm. sort of thing, you know. So um, that's amazing. But yeah, when oh, that's awesome. So yeah, so see, so, no, this and I, I love. I just like even I never ever looked at Avatar just through the lens of you saying like she was his guide from someone who's completely disconnected from the land and all that. Yes, his guide to get back connected to the land, and I was like, yes. and the similarities then of what you're saying with you and Steph is, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. A, it's, all <laughs> it's, it's yeah. I love the word profound, but I was like, I was like, yeah, it's just it was so profound. I'm like, wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So so you you're back with Andy. You're uh doing this uh you're in your journey you were saying yeah um in peru and then yep. you were saying it was just more of that hitting the turbulence having to yep. trust and surrender again yep and then 
entering into this world that was even like, um, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, they weren't even the same, but it was just like even, it was almost like I had a greater access to just how incredible some of these spaces were and so intricately perfect as well, like in the way that these landscapes were like um, multidimensional, I guess, like um, just, yeah, even some artists I've seen have been able to even paint something that resembles it somehow. So they're getting some access of these worlds as well, Mm. but something that is just so beyond anything that I'd ever experienced before. Um, but you know it as well. Like that's, that's the thing. It's just like, it's, it's so new, but then so familiar at the same time. It's just like, I've Mm. been here before. Like, um, and then, yeah, not only was I able to encounter it again, like I was able to encounter, they talk about ayahuasca, um, in a, in a feminine sense, obviously being uh, being a feminine plant and grandmother um, energy, yeah, and mother ayahuasca, um, and then yeah. I couldn't tell the difference. It was like Steph was there, but then she was also a, an embodiment of mother ayahuasca, and she was she mm. began taking me on a journey through this what felt like an afterlife, you know. Um, so then she was able to. And I was able to be fully, like I guess, conscious in the experience too. So I was be I was able to weave in and out of it um, the way I needed to. So, but then she, she took me to my pop who had passed away when I was four, uh, and I'd wow. always felt him and really wanted to know him. And he, he, he almost like he just sat me down, and it's hard to explain, but. Um, he started talking to me about that I've been here the whole time, that I am here if you need, that he was really proud of um, the man I was becoming. Um, he had messages for my dad. Um, yeah, it started getting crazy. And then I started uh, from him, yeah, sort of meeting other relatives and stuff as well that had passed. Um, but then I was able to, yeah, Steph was able to show me how the in, the incredible inseparateness between us, like at one moment she filled my being um, and I was able to feel and witness the world from her eyes almost and from her energy. Mm. And so, um, and then she was also able to play, and I've read this in books too, but yeah, she was almost able to replay our journey in all these snapshots of all these moments. We'd actually been together on the earth. And so it was like a movie, like I was watching these moments take place again. Um, and she was sort of showing me how to how to release things and let go of things energetically. So there was yeah. times where I was like feeling so divine, but then these uncomfortable experiences would would, would arise, or things that I wasn't proud of in my journey, whatever. Um, and I'm like, oh no, I just want the divine stuff. But she's like, no, 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 you need to you need to see those things, feel those things, yeah. and you need to release those things. So suddenly, yeah. I was allowing them to be there. But then this overwhelming forgiveness, this gentleness, this yeah. softness uh, in regards to you don't need to hold that anymore. You know, that's okay. Yes. That wasn't your fault. And I am letting go of all of these things and just yeah. feeling my body just, um, yeah, move through all of this sadness, all of these Release. moments. Yeah. And, yeah, like um, there was a moment where I was 
because we, we, we do the ceremonies in the Amazon, we're outside as well, and suddenly, like, it's just like an orchestra of, of sound with all the, mm. the insects and the creatures, and there was this bird call that was, that was calling me, and then I was just listening to this call, and it was, like, actually lifting me up through the top of the tree canopy, and then I became the bird flying across the top of the trees. Like, it was, yeah, and... It was in all these moments. So I'd go off on my own journey, but then I'd be like, "Oh, Steph, where are you?" And then I'd I would audibly hear her somehow. Um, she's like, "I'm here. I'm always here." And that's yeah. it's one of the things she reminded me of, and it's something that I I talk to when I sit with people that have lost someone or are in that type of grief. That um, every time we speak their name, every time we listen to that song, every time that they just come into our consciousness out of nowhere, it is always them. It's always me when that happens, you know, and that just gave me such a comfort in my journey, you know, that mm. um, even talking about her now and sharing this story, yeah, I can feel her presence. Just in, feels the warmth, yeah. And yeah. and there was the like, there's two two things I wanted to call out on this, right? One was just going back, you like when you said your you were like, you know, you went into the normal life, you 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 stopped school. I think you were saying at fifteen, went yeah. into the trading journey right uh yeah. was a spark you had this realization it's like you never were just like you may have had a love for nature but you weren't always just like this one is connected to spirit and all that stuff and it's 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 so beautiful to see the evolution of this because yes. sometimes when people would talk about this I, I i understand where you're coming from but i also know that some people might listen to this and be like oh that's a bit woo woo or you know i hate that yeah. word woo woo but it's like you know they'll use that because when you see like where you're at like if you were to go to your you know your tradie self and tell them about this they'd be like what the f-? like you know that's bullshit yeah. like that's, uh, that's right. crazy you know yeah. like, that just doesn't make sense that doesn't happen at all but as it, that's where i've found for myself it is a journey it is that yes. kind of uh deepening 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 and it's i say deepening but it's like deepening to a life for expansion the deeper you go in, the more expansive, the more expansive, the more expansive. So it's like this, uh, it's like a paradox, right? You go deep to go expansive, to, to expand. Um, and yeah, so that's what I was like, that was one thing that I wanted to call out because I was like, yeah, like your journey is so awesome to hear and see. You can actually just walk in and you're like, wow, that's so sick. And then two was this, um, when, you, when you were saying about the the letting go of emotions, hmm. that's so powerful because when 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 we're normally experiencing like and that's a big part of like you know trauma release right like to just when people have trauma whether it's a big t trauma as in a big experience or a small t trauma small little things like you know don't cry when i was young as a boy yeah going like stop crying you know and i took that as like boys don't cry it's not manly to cry like you know like uh, my mom and all probably didn't mean that but that's how i interpreted it when i grew older and it's only later that i started deconstructing that and giving it different meaning but that fear around when that emotion comes up is so common that mm. people we, we we get into the state of like kind of uh um numbness and freeze where we don't want to experience that because we think yeah. that oh if we experience that what what benefit is that going to give us what is that going to allow but it's like that awareness and shining it's like the it's the, this is all that shadow work right it's like shining the light on that dark area of yourself allows you to one bring awareness to that and you bringing awareness to that situation allows you to then mobilize and allow that feeling to move through so when i say mobilize mobilize being you giving or tapping to that deep forgiveness yeah to go like thank you you know uh, i i forgive you and and allowing that energy to move through because that when you don't allow that energy to move through that's where i always like it gets stuck that's where all your ail like illnesses and where we get sick and all that it's like we don't allow this emotions and stuff like that that our body needs to naturally process somatically we don't allow that to move through us totally. you know? so 
I found that beautiful when you were like, yeah, she was like, no, no, this is the medicine is sitting in with this discomfort and then allowing it to move through you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, yeah that, um, yeah, like the toddler expression, you know, like really needing to, whether it's, whether it's an uncomfortable emotion, whether it's I'm angry right now or I'm sad right now, I need to express that fully. Um, yes. And that's something that we've lost. Yeah, as a, for me, you know, um, talking to my journey, yeah, sort of lost the way of that and just having that, that mentality, like you were saying, you know, oh, no, you don't have to cry, you know, I've just got to get on with it, you know, I've got to, and it's like as a mm. culture, that's what we do, you know, it's just like, oh, you know, I've got deadlines to meet, there's, you know, there's expectations, you know, there's, um, I always need to show up, you know, no matter how I'm feeling, you know, I'll just keep suppressing some of those more emotional, uncomfortable feelings because it's not okay to be myself in the world you know um and a lot of our work environments those types of things you know it's all about you know um goals and profit and all those types of things um and we might be going through a complete relationship breakdown if we're at home and then being asked to we're falling apart behind closed doors but we're being asked to show up every day um to keep the wheel turning you know so we'll suppress all Mm. of that and somehow drag ourselves uh, through that experience and not tending to those spaces that need to be tended to, you know. Um, mm. It's actually what I'm, yeah, keen to explore a little bit in the work I'm doing now, even trying to cultivate spaces where in our workplaces, within our families, um, where we can openly just sit and talk to one another, you know, without hierarchy, without um, an agenda, nice. just forming circles yeah. for us to just listen to one another, for us to see one another. Um, mm. and to really validate each other's journeys. It's so important to feel seen and heard in our experience yes. um, Yeah, because so many people don't. You know, like even yeah. I've uh, yeah, going through this, my own grief journey, I've been able to hold space for a couple of grief circles and stuff um, and recognising that um, some of the people that, you know, a lot of the people that were sharing um, had held on to this grief for 20, 30 years without mm. ever, without anyone sitting in front of them and saying, are you okay? I see you. I love you, you know, and, and you could feel the relief in just being able to tell someone about it and actually be able to cry about it, you know, like, mm. um, yeah, it was yeah. a real eye-opener for me just on how long people have held on to some of this stuff because our society and culture sort of has this idea that we need to be okay all the time, you know, that... Um, and distracting ourselves from the things that are uncomfortable or sad or even death. It's a fairly taboo subject, you know. It's not we don't openly talk about it, you know. Um, and in ancient cultures, you know, uh, it was so important to mourn as a community, you know. Um, yeah. It would be like the whole community would stop for three or four days and go through a real mourning process because we we're all here to grieve together. Um, but so much of us are grieving alone. And, and mm. isolated um yeah, yeah. no it's no really, no well, yeah. look yeah it's and it's it's so important of like this story and you sharing that of spreading that idea of being able to hold space for your fellow you know brother or sister in the sense of like listing and seeing them for who they are because when we say, oh, I see you, people are like, what does I see you mean, right? Like it's like, you know, and, and go back to Avatar, right? Avatar was, I see you. It was like, yes. I see you for your beauty, for all your flaws, oh, yeah. for your, your, your good, your bad, your ugly. And I accept you for that mm. without mm. judgment. That's the biggest thing. Because I see you is not just like, oh, I can visually see you. Or I see, oh, I'm listening to you. Oh, yeah, I'm listening to what you're saying to me. It's like, no, no, you're listening to them from that place of safety, 
love and and, and uh, non-judgment you know like that's that's what it's been for me where you're like that's being felt being sensed being heard so when you're being your unapologetic self um you you're not being you know there's no sense of judgment there's no yeah. sense of like regret or fear you're just being completely present and that being loved for that version of you so yeah. that's what i feel like it's it's so huge when you talk about holding space and being seen being like really i see you in that kind of sense Totally. And like we sort of touched on, but even just talking to my journey and um, you, yours, like I, that's what I try and share with people when I do some of the work that I do now. Um, uh, I, I want to uncover what reality is like for you because every single mm. moment since you were born, even from the womb potentially, you know, you're feeling yeah. into what type of environment, whether it's a positive one, whether it's a traumatic one, whether it's, yeah, emotionally sort of confusing. Um but as we go through the world, you know, it comes from, yeah, the relationship we had with our parents into the relationship, you know, it's the school teachers that might have believed in you. It's the bullies you had at school. It's mm. the it's the heartbreak you had, your first heartbreak. It's all these moments have made you feel reality in the only unique way that it's ever been felt before. Like no one mm. ever has, no one ever will feel reality the way that you do. So, and this is where we get into a bit of trouble as a culture because we judge from our own reality and going why is that person acting that way oh he should be doing better than that or this i can't believe he said that or did that or whatever but that's not that's only coming from our sense of reality never will we know what it was like why they're being triggered in that moment or we don't maybe we don't know what's going on at home maybe they are going through a a relational breakdown maybe they are suffering from some sort of depression Mm -hmm. from yeah some childhood stuff that's coming up for them yeah there was a beautiful saying that um don't judge me on this page of the book unless you're prepared to read the entire story. And that, yeah. And <laughs> I, I love that. Always taken that one with me because it's so, it is so true. Cause whatever we're, however we're triggered in the moment, sitting with, and this is where this beautiful human exchange takes place as well. Even though through my work as a social worker, I would be perceived to be the one that's helping, but I don't see it that way. Like I see it just as this, beautiful opportunity for two beings to encounter one another's stories and when working in homelessness and addiction and all that type of stuff um the stories are so real you know these people they Mm. they don't they're not trying to be anyone else they're not because they're in that state of almost desperation and 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 aloneness and they'll be as real as you've ever heard before so that's why their stories have been so powerful and it's been so important for me to gain that understanding that yeah it really is yeah your reality is so different to mine and i just want to know more about it you know and and mm-hmm. and that helps us in our relational spaces it's just like okay that 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 made you upset that doesn't make me upset but i, I want to find out why that makes you upset and yeah. vice versa you know and then yes. we begin to soften to one another and like yeah i never knew that about you like that, and going forward like i'll have a a whole different understanding about when you know because i thought it was me you know and that's what we do yeah, we yeah. sort of take it on as if someone gets um, upset at us for some reason, like we can take it on and going, oh, you know, um, it's something I did or that type of stuff. But yeah, it's more about just sort of uncovering oh, where that's come from, you know, and just, mm. yeah, I see you. Like you were saying, I see you in that. Oh, okay, I didn't see that before, but now that you've shared mm. your story with me and some of the origins of, of that pain and that hurt you were carrying, you know, potentially your whole life. Now that I know that, you know, like I can soften my entire approach to you around that particular thing you know so um yeah i think 
yeah, in the work that I've been doing in regards to holding space in um, taking people on breath and sound journeys and story sharing, yeah, I say to them, in no way am I coming in to perform any type of healing. Um, all it is is because uh, I truly believe we're all our own wisdom holder. I mean, your mm. body holds your entire story. Um, so you have all the keys to all the doors. You know, it's like me through my journey just following my intuition, that just knowing what was right for me and what was true for me. It had nothing to do with worrying about what society thought or anyone else thought. I needed to – it was about what I thought and because I – yeah, I'm the wisdom holder here. This is my journey. Even though we share a common experience, you know, we're all humans. We deal with some of the same things, and um, we're all living on the same planet. But it is very much your, your own unique path to mm. uncovering where you need to go and who you need to be. You know, so um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. No, no. This is yeah. I feel like this is another whole thing that you can we can definitely rip and tease <laughs> apart more when we're talking about actually that yeah that inner knowing the inner wisdom the inner you of how you can show up and trusting that ability and i think that's that's what's so powerful about the work that you are doing now so with your with your journeys or with your sessions that you do it's actually allowing that person to tap in their own inner wisdom and it's the same thing that you've when you've shared all the different stories that like you know within the short amount of time obviously there's a lot more to john than what's been shared just here yeah. but even with the stories you've shared it's like you getting more and more sure and trusting more and more and releasing more and more of going deeper into who you are and the more you've gone to who you are is that so was it this the the, the last kind of um, um ceremony the the one that you just uh, spoke about before was that the that was the final thing where you're like this is the work and this is the way i need to change the world or this is the way i'm kind of gonna step into the world to yeah make an impact? Well, well there was a whole yeah well, i think i said about seven ceremonies while i was over there and um, oh wow okay yeah, okay yeah, yeah. Okay, so you um, went so all in for Imperial. I won't go into them all, but um, <laughs> yeah, there was one that was really confronting um, and really scary um, and took me to places that, um, yeah, I actually sort of just started by I was sort of energetically moving around the room and I think it's that it, the sort of empath in me and that's wanting to make sure people are okay, you know, like whatever that is, you know. Um, so I remember just sort of energetically moving around and then sort of going through someone else's journey and then uh, I started moving into all the suffering of the world like and, and started getting really specific for me like um, to the widows of 9-11, you know, um, mm. to – um, some of the child slavery um, oh, wow. in some of the wow. third world countries, and um, it became the grief became really specific. And because I'm just in this really sensitive space, it became so overwhelming. I just kept throwing up. Um, wow! And again, Steph was able to come in, and there were times where it was becoming so full on, like I was just crawled up in a ball, just thinking. Even though, yeah, I've sort of moved beyond the body, like thinking that I was never going to come back from this. Um, that's how sort of painful it all was. And because Jeez. now that I'd opened up my own channels of grief and I knew it, I knew the spaces, it was just like, oh, now I had to take on all this planetary grief. Um, and she would hold me and be able to shield me from it. But then it was almost like she's like, this is still stuff you need to feel, you need to listen to. And, and then she'd allow it to come back and I'd have to deal with it again, you know, um, and this sort of went on and off and even after that night i'm just like i never want to do this ever again you know i'm scared now um but then wow. as i sort of came to i i'd never written so much about any you know any of the other ceremonies before so this is where there's a real medicine in our grief as well mm. um 
and and it's important um, when we're ready to really be able to welcome welcome the grief, welcome the sadness, um, uh, and even if it puts us, like I said, like if it takes us to our hands and knees, that's just where we need to be right now. It's not about distracting ourselves from that experience. It's about no, because life's sad. You know, everything's has its polarity. You know, you, you know, there's happy, sadness, hot, cold, up down left right um, everything needs its polarity so we can't just live in this happy bubble all the time we actually need to like you were talking about the our shadow work we need to meet the darkness and we need to be mm. able to embrace and hold our darkness and our grief because like i said there's such an aliveness to it you know and it, it has a, a real deep wisdom and medicine for us if if we have the courage to really listen to it you know so yeah um it was so important to go through that, even though it was, yeah, um, probably the scariest, this, yeah, the, the most scared I've ever been in my life. Um, it was just so imperative in my healing journey to to encounter that and 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 begin to shift my relationship um, yeah. to grief, and that's held me in good stead as I've moved through more because that's it's not like you become yeah this idea i don't think you know and this is only my experience an idea that we become enlightened and that we're you know we're okay now nothing's going to affect me anymore (laughs) i mean that's that's not the human experience i don't believe well hasn't been mine you know so and it is very much embracing the human journey um because that that was Mm. part of my path as well it was like okay now i'm able to access everything out there um, but again, there was so much work I needed to do in regards to my body and what it was holding and my relationship to it, you know, and listening to my, my body's mm-hmm. needs, you know, like nourishing it with the right foods, nourishing it with the right, um, I guess, conversations, affirmations, whatever, whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah. Um, so that's been its own journey in itself. I got great at listening out there and, and feeling really, you know, my fear of death and all that just disappeared, you know, like, um, I, 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 yeah, have so much faith in, in what's after and, and in my journey now, that's been a real medicine because not everyone has that, has that gift, I guess. Um, and that's what the whole story became. It became like as, um, it was the most painful thing losing stuff that I've ever experienced, but it was the greatest thing that ever happened. Like I just, wouldn't be able to feel things like this unless and it was always meant to be this way she she she's fine you know she's actually yeah, yeah. Doing, doing her thing you know and yeah, it was only yeah. me um, and i think it is it's the ones that are stuck here that really have to you know do that work because when people pass it feels like yeah um yeah they're off on a different journey you know um mm. and they're okay so um yeah. do, do you still connect quite often and regular with steph from she, that spiritual guy perspective it's funny this because is still yeah, sorry. Yeah, she's. It's just became a lot, m- much more subtle now, but a little bit more yeah. till recently, because um, I was able to go on another journey. Obviously, um, it was a long time down the track. It, yeah, it took me it took me about yeah seven or eight years to be even to be open to anything else, um, yeah. to encountering another relationship. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's a whole another story. I ended up um, running in, in running into an incredible being, um, very much a creature of the earth, and. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that took me on this another journey of faith, really. Sort of, um, we'd only just met, and um, I think after six months, she fell pregnant. Um, and neither of us really wanted kids, um, it just wasn't part of our path, we didn't think. But again, it was a faith in the journey and sort of listening to her, 
Um, and she'd been, oh, she's got her own, you know, courageous journey like we all do, you know, like mm. a hero's journey, um, mm. having to deal with a lot of stuff as, you know, in her childhood um, to become the powerful woman that she is now. But um, she had this real faith around having a, having a home birth and having our daughter out on the mm. land. I had some beautiful land out in the Otways and we, I lived in a teepee out there. <laughs> um, <laughs> and awesome. yeah, and, and so she wanted to, um, just birth her out there on our own. Um, and that was something that I had, yeah, it was quite confronting. But again, I was just sort of trusting in that, that inner intelligence, that wisdom. Um, we weren't able to tell any family about it, obviously, because um, it would scare the shit out of everyone, you know. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 because they're not used to that, yeah. Yeah, yeah but, birth, ended, water birth. but again, um, that particular day, um, we had a doula, um come and support us in the space but she wasn't actually allowed to legally allowed to get involved um because oh. normally you had mid, you have midwives present yeah, yeah, that okay. are sort of doing the more medical type um checks and interventions and all that type of stuff so she could only just she's just been to births before and we neither of us had ever been to a birth before so we just felt like we better have someone there that's just um at least been to a few births before um <laughs> And she was great. She allowed us to just go through our own process and hardly said a word. She was just a beautiful presence in the space. Um, and there was just one moment where she just sort of um, asked Tara to change positions and, and then she did. And um, again, like, yeah, I won't go into that whole story. It's a whole a medicine story on, on its own. But um, <laughs> I'd never again felt so present and so connected to my inner self and in inner knowing that through that experience and to be able to yeah um i guess yeah tara did all the work let's let's get that straight but then i was able to yeah um be the first hands that that, that touched our daughter as she entered the world and it was full of wind rain rainbows like we were out in the elements and yeah it was the most profound beautiful thing that's awesome yeah <laughs> Jeez, I feel like like we could go on and on and on for. <laughs> hey, there's so many just facets, and it's so fascinating what your like your story, your journey has actually just been, been such an incredible one, right? And in a while, I, I guess just yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like that's life, that's life, and and it's it's the way you found the beauty in all of it. Yeah, like and now obviously this is years and years later processing everything, but even the way you said like you found the beauty in the death of Steph, yes. you know, like yeah. and the transformation that it led, and I, I, I guess you know this. Uh, the inwards and onwards journey is an ever flowing one. It's something yeah. that is constantly, it's a cycle. Like eternal you keep journey. rolling and being a different version. It's an eternal journey, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, anything that you would give advice wise for people on their own journey, anything that you found throughout all the different inwards movements you've done that you can give for someone else on that inner journey for themselves? Yeah, I think um, the most simple thing, I think, is following what excites you. You know, if you're, if you're feeling energized about something be curious you know like and i guess um definitely in that sense i think because that's really trying to follow that inner guide and not really worrying mm. about whether it's considered normal or whether weird or um it's really trying to come home to your own thoughts your own intuition your own wisdom because you, you know, like i said you're you're your own wisdom carrier of your particular path. There's no one that can give you. People can share things from their own reality, like I was saying, and their own story. But um, And you grab bits of that when you need them and you go, oh, yeah, that resonates with me. I'll take that. But it's really going, no, I'm the gatekeeper. I'm the one 
uh, mm. with all the keys here. Uh, so the things that energetically excite me, um, I get curious about them, you know, um, and like, okay, I'll follow this particular path, and it might lead, might not, it might lead to a dead end, but that's a dead end you have to go to as well, because yeah. then, then yeah. you evolve into the next. There's a new road opens, but yeah. you needed to go that way um just to get the lessons from from that sort of closing down as well you know so it's just um having that real faith in the journey but then also yeah trying to welcome in whatever's really present at the moment so if there's a sadness allowing there to be sadness and and and, yeah feeling into sometimes we don't have to name it sometimes you can sometimes there's an intuition around where the sadness comes from and it's going okay yeah that feels like that it feels like i need to let that go because that's something specific that i feel that's what that's about but sometimes it's not sometimes we wouldn't even know sometimes it could be from past lives who knows you know like um i think the further i've gone in my journey the more i realize i know absolutely nothing um (laughs) and so the only thing that i know is what's present for me and what's true for me um Mm. and that's my work like and even um i remember being connected to music when i was a kid you know um but i didn't i went on this journey through melbourne through sport like i didn't even connect well like i still always loved music but i never played any instruments or anything like that but since um i've been able to open all these channels all my own needs my authenticity the the i totally believe we all have this beautiful song to sing to the world you know however that is whether in a creative way we've got we've got something to share that's why we're here so it's that's why it's so important for you to be authentic in yourself because the world needs to figure you know learn from that that experience hear your song yeah we all need to hear your song and yeah so all this music i you know write my own songs these days um all the things just have come through from me just letting yeah letting go of all these layers and ideas um and long-held grief uh, and all the obstructions that were getting in the way to allow this true authentic channel to keep mm-hmm. shining through um and like you said it's a it's not like it's just always there like new things come up new challenges um you might become a bit distracted you might spend too long on youtube one night or whatever it is um yeah it was still it, human like you said totally and it's so important that you just be human as well you know sometimes you need to just relax sometimes you need to switch off you know like it's not mm. like you become this enlightened being that's separate from everyone no 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 that, that's not that's not the journey it's mm. you're meant to still yeah, fuck things up you're meant to make yeah. it's it's just so important that you do that um like i said because there's the medicine in 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 making those mistakes you know and that's how we evolve that's how we learn and i I don't see the world as there being any uh an absolute truth there may be somewhere but we're so far from it you know Um, so it's only what's ever true for you um so so many times in my journey there's been something that's been true and then I've been able to reach that truth and go, I don't need that to be true anymore. I'm, I'm evolving yeah. beyond that truth. So I'll let go yes. of that. So this idea yeah. that any of us has the truth, no, it's not. Yeah, I don't believe that's the case. I believe it's whatever's true for you because it's leading you to where you need to go, you know. Yes, and um, allowing that truth to evolve and yes. do its own thing as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, not be permanent. Right, yeah. John. Thank you so much for the, for your time, mate. This is uh, your wisdom and just this inner knowing and even just this, the journey you've had with grief. It's just, yeah, such a beautiful, profound one and how you've actually found yourself through all this experience. Mm-hmm. It's it's honestly been such a joy just listening to this. So I really appreciate you being uh, able to share such uh, deep inner feelings, thoughts and experiences with us, mate. 
Thanks so much for having me and listening, bro. Yeah, it's been lovely yeah. to hear a bit about your journey too. Yeah. Uh, thanks, mate. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world if you could subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. And if you know someone who needs to hear this on their own journey, share it with them. Thanks so much for listening. And remember to go inwards and onwards, my friend. <laughs>